Welcome to Green Eggs and West Ham. I'm Chris W. along with my co-host Chris S. This podcast is dedicated to providing lighthearted, concise analysis on everything concerning West Ham. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to Green Eggs and West Ham. After an extremely disappointing loss to Manchester United uh, just a few minutes ago, we've got our uh, game reaction. So, Chris, walk us through the game. What did you think of the first half and second half? Because they, they really were two completely different games. Yeah, they were. Uh, just just for all the listeners, we were recording this about five minutes after the final whistle. So, it's it's still fresh. Um, man, there were some some highs and some lows in that game. I, w- I thought the first half we played incredibly well. We were moving the ball. Our press was perhaps as good as I've seen it, uh, but we weren't we weren't clinical. Um, we weren't clinical with our chances. Uh, I think each of our each of our front three missed a chance. You know, uh, Fornals hit the post. Hilaire missed that really bad one on one with the keeper, where he got around him, but he couldn't control it and stay up to get it past the uh, the players running back. And then Bowen missed that chance off the the Sufal cross. Um, I thought the first half overall was really good, though. I thought Bowen was fantastic. He was incredible. It was probably, you know, he got the assist and the goal in the last game, but I thought he looked miles ahead of where he'd been for a good portion of the season. Yeah, I did too. I really like how our offense is meshing right now, and I see a lot of chemistry and um, have a little bit of discussion about if there's one key player that's really making that happen uh, or not. But I... Without Antonio, it's a big difference, and we definitely play a lot, a lot differently. Um, we've got Hilaire. He had a great game today. I thought, despite I know he tripped, and that was extremely unfortunate. But I have to give him credit. He played really well. Well, I thought this was he's getting. I, I, now I still think he'd be best with another striker paired up there. And I think at the end we saw when you have Ben Rama operating around him, there mm-hmm. was some really dangerous link-up play. But he's he's getting much better. I think the team team is shifting without Antonio now, and he is shifting to, to play better in this five-back uh, system. And, yeah, he created – I believe he had our most key passes with three key passes. Uh, he had 46 touches today, which is more than he usually does. So we've, we're doing a better job of getting him the ball and getting him involved. Well, we are. And one uh, important, I think, aspect that we saw was there was one time, I think it was when Hilaire was fouled. Um, he had two players run right past him. They were both in great positions, both open. And, and unfortunately, he got fouled. But that, to me, was exactly what we want Hilaire to do. We want Hilaire to get the ball and then immediately have guys run past him and link up with him. And I fully believe if he hadn't gone fouled, he, I mean, we were in a great position. So, and the fact that we didn't just have one player to go to, but he literally could choose either side. Like that to me was exactly what Hilaire's there for and, and what we need to be doing with him. That, that's his role. And he won, yeah, he won seven aerial duels. He, he really, he can't run in behind like Antonio can. It's, we, we might play the same formation when they're both, when they're, you know, when they're each respectively in the game, but offensively we play so differently. Um, and it's just on the players to be able to adapt to that. Um, and they're, I believe they're getting better at it. Uh, you know, we, we might see Antonio come back uh, uh, soon, but I thought overall Hilaire played really well. You know, it's, it's tough to look past that, that kind of one-on-one that he didn't, he didn't put away. 
Um, but he wasn't the only one that missed chances. We had the, you know, we had the other players. Um, and so I, let's have this discussion right here. So obviously I, we think Bowen was, was the best offensive player this game. But going to the other wing, we looked really good defensively with Fernals there. And Fernals had some good good runs and good positioning. But then also near the end, after we'd been stagnant for a while, when Ben Rama came on, he looked really dangerous, uh, especially linking up, cutting in with with Hilaire. Who do you think should start next? Because they, they both have done good. It seems like Fernals can't – we haven't seen Ben Rama for a full 90 minutes, but then we've seen Fernals, and he's usually good – for about half the time he's on the pitch and then the other half, he's just not, not bringing it. So, so what should we do? Yeah, that's a really good question. And there's a ton of discussion uh, just surrounding West Ham and the club in general this week about who should start. Some people are really in the Ben Rama, uh, you know, pocket, I guess. And um, some people are still a little bit reserved and think he's a good sub. Going into this game, I really wanted Ben Rama to start. I think he had earned the spot. And, I mean, he had two assists already in just the limited time he's playing going into this game. Uh, and, honestly, after today's performance with Fernals and seeing how well the offense meshed, especially the first half, I would I would probably start Fernals. Uh, again, it comes down to the offense meshing, but also Fernals' contribution on defense is huge. And Ben Rama, we, maybe we just haven't seen, uh, given him enough time and haven't seen his defensive contribution yet. But I think I would be happy if Moyes would sub on Ben Rama earlier, though. I, I think he's waiting too long. And maybe like the 60th minute would be perfect. Maybe even at halftime. Maybe like, just yeah, give Fernals game. the first half. Yeah, exactly. Game, that worked out really well. And yeah, it's tough for me because when I thought we looked the best this game was when we were pressing and winning the ball high up. And I think Fornals is a is a key to that. His work rate and his positioning are are really good. Um, pressing from the front, generating turnovers, and starting a break. Now he's not the fastest to finish the break, but then Ben Rama just has not only a flair because when I, I feel like flair sometimes connotated with no production, he has flair and he has this production. You, you know, you said you, he's had the two. Uh, assistant in a relatively short amount of time. He had a good, a pretty good shot today. He had some good link up play. He really should, they should have been called for a foul against him just outside mm-hmm. the box. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he, he creates opportunities. I don't know if he can bring the same work rate that, that Fornals does, but he, you know, he has made some interceptions and yeah, for me, I believe I would give Ben Rama a chance. I think if we would have held on to win the game, Maybe you keep starting for nows, but I think this is a time to, especially if Antonio is not coming back for next match, I'd like to see the Hilaire Ben Rama link up a little more. I'd really like to see it. And I also am a little bit nervous about how Ben Rama is going to um, play with Antonio because Antonio plays a completely different, or CB West Ham plays a completely different game when Antonio's in compared to when Hilaire's in. It's, it's that counterattacking run that Antonio does compared to Hilaire where it's a lot more passing. So, and, and I think Ben Rama fits really well with Hilaire. I really like that pair. And, you know, maybe Ben Rama is just the one that we put up there uh, with Hilaire as being second striker. Another one that we're looking at, and I hope we get him, is Josh King, because I think he would fit in perfectly with our system. There's but, a lot to talk about that. There is, but it's that link up, like, between the two players. And I think they have a lot of chemistry together, well, Hilaire and, and Ben Rama. We, we need another striker. Yeah. I think today, today was evident of that. Not necessarily to start all the time, but 
we had no one to change the pace of the game once we went down. Compared to Man United, who completely changed the pace. Yeah, who brought on two out-and-out attackers, and then even Mata himself could be considered, you know, at least a number 10. Right. To where, yeah, we had, you know, we had, you know, attacking midfielders in, in Lanzini and, and Ben Rama come on, but we couldn't change. We still had to kind of play that slower link-up play if we weren't taking the ball off of them or if we had someone like a like a Josh King, we could be playing more balls behind. So the, our, Moyes has bought well in the summer. I, I don't think this is necessarily a Moyes problem, uh, but our overall, our transfer policy has come to hurt us now because we don't have if we don't have enough players, the depth to change games when we need to, which that's why Man United won is they have, I mean, they, yes, we're not going to have the resources that they do, but they were able to bring on game changers when the game wasn't going their way. And we, we did not have that luxury. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, we, we called that in the transfer session that we had is we've got to have another striker. We got rid of a Yeti and, and that, we just who, had to replace would have him. been who seems to play kind of that style of making the runs in behind. Uh, yeah. And, and you, we kept calling that we knew Antonio was going to get hurt. Like we, we didn't yeah. want to see it, but you know, we were every time he'd go past the 60th minute, we were kind of, you know, walking on eggshells. Like, is he going to pull something? And he does. It's just who he is. Yeah. He's great. Great to have for, you know, and he's worth it to have for the, the feet not the few games he can play, but when he can play, but when he can't, you you have to accept that you're going to have some games without him. Chris, I want to ask you this. We talked about it a little bit with uh, Hilaire and Bowen, but who is the key to, to this offense and why, what changed? Is it maybe, maybe even the answer is Moyes. You know, I think I got to give a lot of credit to Moyes in, in this, but is it, is there any single player where you take that player out and, or that player gets hurt and the whole offense changes? I would say Bowen's probably the closest with what we have. I, there's, if you put, I guess, a Lanzini or a, I, I wouldn't, I don't say Ben Rama because I think Ben Rama is more of a left side of player, but let's say you put a Lanzini or a, a Yarmolenko out on that right side, you just don't really have the bite, you know, the, the counterattacking uh, sharpness that you have with, with a Bowen. I think he's the closest, but I really, I think it's more of a, a team aspect overall why this offense has changed i think the it particularly really playing the five back playing the five back being a little more solid at behind i I think today we saw um when you can bring on you know world-class strikers like you know fresh off the bench like you know like rashford and then someone like fernandez to pass to him we're going to get beat behind but i think overall we're, we're seeing more solidity at the back that we're not we're, we're not as worried to send people forward, like send Sufal forward, let Mas, Massey Walker run down the wing, even let you know our left sided center back and Cresswell get get down there a lot, and that that allowing us to we we kind of have two different phases of our offense. We don't we don't just have to generate chances one way. We have winning the ball up the pitch and counterattacking. That's one, but then we also have when we have possession of the ball getting enough players behind it to, to get, you know, good crosses into the box and, you know, link up with Hilaire, things like that. And so I, I Bowen would be the most crucial per- person individual to our offense, 
but I think the system overall has, a, has had a bigger impact. I like what you said about the defenders running forward, because even when Ben Johnson came on for, let's say the 10 minutes that he was on, I saw him one time, he was in the attacking third and he had to defend the player that was right in front of him. And that player ran all the way across the field and Ben Johnson had to go with him. And he did, he did a, a fairly decent job. And then, but, but we had coverage in Ben Johnson's position, you know, we, we had Balbuena actually was the one that shifted over and then eventually Suchek came in. So that's what I really like about the system is you, you can afford to send players forward and, and like Ogbonna will go forward for headers. We saw Balbuena actually take a shot today. I mean, but you've got the coverage, you know, and, and I think some of the keys are to, to having that coverage, first of all, are the defense playing well so that you can trust them, everyone back there, but also uh, Suchek and Rice do a really good job of filling in. They do. They both have, you know, Rice obviously played center back for a good portion of his career. And I think Suchek has good, good instincts of where to fill in on that back line. Um, and, you know, I think the work rate, the work rate at the top is, is better too. I, you know, Bowen, we've seen constantly work hard, get back, really covers, you know, st- like kind of sticks to his outside flank. And then for now, as we see, you know, the, the effort as well, but he, and he kind of covers some outside, some inside. And, you know, Hilaire doesn't always like sprint down after his, his player, but what I'm seeing more, and now I, you know, he's, he doesn't work as hard as Antonio. I'm not going to say that, but he is working harder on the press and he's, he's working rather intelligently. I thought all three of our front players pressed intelligently. They didn't just blindly chase after the ball, but, but a lot of times, especially with Fernals and Hilaire, these guys who aren't super fast, they ha- they almost wait for the, for the offensive player to, de- to decide where they're going to go. And then they kind of try and block off the pass lanes. They don't just chase down someone they know they can't catch and leave a space in behind. So I, you know, kind of that selective pressing has been a good good defensive strategy for us, especially against a team like Man United that might have more quality than us, but we can still generate chances with less possession. I, I want to mention uh, something that I think has been really good for us, and I want to keep it up, is that competitive nature for the positions. So we've got Bowen, who is the clear starter, but we also can sub on Lanzini for him. And Lanzini's done pretty well from when he subbed on. He really hasn't had a ton of time, but he's done well. Um, what I really like the competitive nature uh, or where I really like it is the Ben Rama for nows. I think they're both fighting for the position. And when you come on, when they come on, they're running their hearts out, whether it's the end of the game, whether it's for now starting the game, whoever, or whenever they're running their hearts out. And I don't know if that's purely because of the competitive nature, but I think they're both fighting for that position. And I want to keep that fight up because let's say one player plays 60 minutes, the other plays 40 minutes. They're going to play their hearts out for, you know, that translates to all uh, 90 minutes, 95 or 100 minutes of the game, depending on stoppage time. Well, we think back to, to last year, um, the type of positional discussions we had last year. Should we start on the left back? Should we start Cresswell or Masuaku? The, the, the debate was who's going to hurt us least when, you know, when you have, when we we're again in that four back and even a little bit early on in the five back, Diop or Balbuena, who's going to hurt us less? Who Who's, who's going to, you know, not make the critical mistake where now we're, you know, really the only positions we're arguing are, you know, who's going to, is, is Fornells or, or Benrama going to offer us more? It's, it's a positive discussion. You know, both are playing well when they're on. It's just, you know, what benefits would, would help our team more. 
Uh, same thing with Lanzini when he subbed on. It, it's you know it's a more positive discussion, and, and a lot of it is because of that um, that competition, and and that's why we need to to have that more depth in coming from the transfer market get another striker and to make you know give competition with Hoher and Antonio you know probably I think we need another center back I you know Dawson I don't think has been on the bench since you know since we since came back from from COVID you know and I don't really want him to I don't think he's going to be a good player you know you we need to be buying you know you don't need to you I don't think we're at a position where you need to be buying someone who's going to be the talisman of your team, but you need to be someone, you need to be buying someone who is going to compete for that starting spot. And we saw it with Bowen with, you know, Suchek started right away because we were, we were short on center midfielders, but with Bowen, when we first got him, you know, he kind of had the same, same thing Ben Rama is now. He would come on as a sub first few games you saw that, you know, the spark that he had and eventually he displaced uh, Yarmolenko and our other wingers to, to be a constant starter. And I think we're, we could very well see the same from Ben Rama. Uh, hopefully, you know, I, you know, I'm not, I, I think, you know, we, I, I love four nows, but it, you know, I think the team will be best. I, I think our highest potential is having a player like Ben Rama being able to create with the skill that he has. So based on reports today, uh, Antonio had injured another part of his hamstring. So it's not the same injury um, that was, uh, you know, re-injured. It was actually a different part, still the hamstring. Um, If he comes back next week or said it's a pretty minor injury, so it should be pretty soon, does he start over Holaire? And and do we switch back to that really counterattacking system where kind of running it down the line? Or do we keep this hold-up play and have Antonio come on as as a game changer? We, I think we need to, to not start Antonio yet. I, I, I don't want to, I don't want his first game back to be a start. I want his first game back to be give him a, you know, a ten to twenty minute run on the pitch, see if he can do it. You know, not a, not like we did last time where he just we brought him on. You know, he might have looked decent in training, but he just was not ready for a full ninety minutes. Um, and you know. I don't think he injured the hamstring. Did he? Did it say if he injured that hamstring in the game or was it in practice? No, in the game. In the, in that game, he played. Yeah. See, so there there's significant risks when you bring a player like that back on. So I, we're I mean we're not starting you know a third league level striker. We're starting a you know a competent striker that is creating chances. You know he might. Yes, he had that one sitter today that he should have put away. But the offense is flowing. It's moving. We're creating chances. So I there's we had nineteen we had nineteen we had nineteen shots today. Uh, I don't want to risk someone someone who could be so good for us like Antonio when it's not necessary. I, I really think he's the game changer. I want to see him subbed on at the sixtieth minute eventually when he's fully healed. Subbed on at the sixty and seventieth minute to completely change the game to disrupt the offense. And I I think right now, based on the way the team's playing, I would start Hilaire, assuming we have a fully healthy Antonio, start Hilaire, maybe at halftime, maybe at sixtieth minute. Well, I, I, would, I want I want him to play, but I, I you know, the key to what you said there was fully fit Antonio. Mm-hmm. That's true. I don't. I don't think he should be playing until we're confident he's a fully fit Antonio. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, 
moving on to our finishing. <laughs> I think that has been the staple of uh, West Ham criticism from the fans to the team and, and probably even within the team. We are not putting away chances that we need to. And it happened against Villa where we, it came down to a VAR decision. It came down to a missed penalty for why we came away with those three points. And again, here, if we had, we probably should have been up three zero at halftime. That's the difference between getting a point today and not getting a point, maybe even sealing the game, depending on how the tempo is going. I, if we were, if we were up two or three, nothing, I think we win this game. You know, I, I don't think we see the, the, you know, breakdown that we did and we'll talk about the VAR, uh, the goal in a little bit, but yeah, we needed to be more clinical. That's, at the end of the day, that's why we lost. I mean, you, you look back to the Villa game last week. That's why Villa lost, because they were not clinical. They had chances and did not finish them. So we came away with three points. And this game, it was, you know, the this script was flipped. We, we just didn't put away the chances we needed to. Um, I'm glad, you know, I'd rather... I'd rather not put away the chances we create than not create them at all. You know, the, the, the hardest parts of getting those chances. Then after that, you know, you can finishing's a, a pretty noisy measure. I, I, we need to, we need to get better at it for sure. But you know, we we're creating chances. We're, we're having a flowing offense. We. Well, it really is that last element that we're missing because we last year we we rarely had this link up play and the chemistry that we've got until arguably the restart now well, we're even in the restart different. we got some lucky goals like we did yeah yeah that's a good point but now we're seeing a completely different team and I, i'm i mean i'm glad that there's one kind of glaring thing to work on because hopefully Moyes, and i'm sure he does um he's a competent coach he sees and says all right that's the element we need to focus on and we need to fix and then we're going to do even better than we are now. I mean, right now we're uh, the live stats after the game, we're ranked seventh and it's, it's a really, really tight table. I mean, it goes down. uh, The teams that are tied with us are down to 10th right now. And, uh, and we're ahead on goal differential. So we've, we've got to be putting away these chances. When you're, and now I, I don't know the answer to this. I'm just throwing it out there. When you're at this professional level, does working on technical ability really change that much? Or is it more coaching people to be within a system? Like um, my question is, can, can we, you know, can we make Bowen and Fornals and Hilaire into better finishers? Or are they at this point kind of what they are? Well, that's a good point. I mean, they're a professional footballer in the number one league, you know, in the world and definitely in England, um, arguably. So, so are, are basically what I'm asking is, can the changes that Moyes make, you know, the obvi- obviously the biggest change that he's made is is formation and system. That's right. had an impact. Like I think managers can have formation changes, system changes that make an impact. I think they can have motivational changes. Uh, I think they um, have a big impact on the chemistry. But, you know, Moyes isn't teaching the players how to you know, execute a cross or how to put away a chance necessarily. No, you're right. But where I think he can make that change is when you get inside the box, say within the 18, roughly in a scoring position and he can influence whether you choose to shoot or whether you choose to pass. And it's true. If let's say you have a player that's just shooting with no defenders around just at the goalkeeper, you're not going to change that 
technicality of finishing. All the players at this level can do it. We've already seen it. The, the difference comes when you've got defenders in front and do you choose to shoot the ball early? May, maybe you have a little bit of an of a open net or do you try to do one last pass across the middle for the guaranteed open net? you know, and, and catch the keeper off. And I think that's where Moyes can look at the game and, and watch the film. And I'm not a great technical person. Like I think Moyes, you know, that's part of the reason he's in the manager role is to look at the game and say, all right, we had great chances. And, and it is a little bit tougher today because like literally it was a open net for Hilaire, but, and for now it's had that toe poke that uh, just ended up hitting off the post, but there's elements of the game in other uh, chances that we had where we could have had, we could have improved basically our chances of scoring by changing what we did. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm just, I, you know, if, if we weren't sharp overall, I think that's something that can be put on the manager. Like, I think you can say, Oh, our, our just our generally, we were positionally sloppy. Our passes were sloppy or, you know, we just didn't look on top of it, but I don't think like, I don't think that's necessarily what it was. I think it was more they just, you know, last we had much worse chances last game. We put two of them in. We had great chances this game. We just put one of them in. So like sometimes it happens and I I think there is a little bit of element of sometimes it happens, but also yeah. let, let's say you need to focus on defense. Like the players that are at this level in defense know how to defend, but you still can change either like the formation, which we mentioned before, or, you know, Hey, get tighter on this guy or, Hey, let this, you know, let this guy kind of dribble around the outside a little bit, force him outside or force him inside. I mean, there's certain things I, like that. To, to me, to me, the players fault, the, the players at, are at fault for not finishing these. And then to me, Moise's biggest fault for this game was not once that first goal went in, not changing something because we yeah. kept getting burned when Sufal went too far forward. And then they kept getting through balls down the back, not changing something earlier on that. Yeah, no, I agree. And one thing uh, we can have this, this discussion now about Moyes, uh, I, I've got to give him credit for where we are on the table sitting seventh. And we were, you know, what's the fifth coming into this game. I mean, we're one point, really actually one win out of third right now so it is a really tight table we we could really really excel hey let's take this game let's learn some stuff and then go back at it next week but I have to give Moyes credit for that I also want to give him credit for last game where we had a complete formation switch and that ended up to to work in our favor um we did get lucky with some VAR decisions we also got lucky with the missed penalty but um yeah and we yeah we got we got unlucky this week I thought we set up brilliant yeah i thought I this too. was this was you know a lot of people were you know i'm i'm still you know i don't i i'm not going to get mad if you start for now versus ben rama. ben rama i think they they're quality to both a lot of yeah. people were really angry he didn't start ben rama um but the first half showed man we we were set up exactly how we needed to be to to beat that man united team and then they just brought on two world-class attackers at halftime. Uh, well, the speed we, of their attackers was ridiculous. Oh, yeah, you, you They're so fast. Rashford's one of, and in Martial when he was in there, just some of the, and Greenwood as well, just we don't have someone on our team as fast as them. You know, right. maybe Fredericks when he's healthy, but he, you know, Sufal's not, Sufal's decent, but he's not a pace merchant. Balbuena on that side's not fast. Uh, our midfielders are not 
overly pacey. So yeah, like that's, that's how teams can beat us. And we should, we should have been a little more aware of that coming out um, the second half, but overall I thought, you know, I, besides not changing, I think he should have changed things about 10 minutes before he did. Otherwise I thought the game was relatively well managed. Yeah, I did too. And, and, we've seen that tactic switch. We've seen different players uh, like for being played on the left, which I still think he's better as an attacking mid, but it's working for us right now. So, Hey, like he, he's making decent decisions and the fans right now have really backed off of him. Uh, there were, all, there was a, a big movement from Moyes out, uh, especially before the restart. But even since the restart, even going into the season, some people were not happy with him, but that's pretty much gone away now. And, and it and has got to be credit to him. It's, I think some of it has been his decisions. I mean, he has, there have been some matches he's made great decisions. I think the, 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 the Villa game was probably the best example. Um, but I, a lot of it to me is also results. You know, he's, yeah. To, yeah. today we saw a pretty similar moist to what we've seen in the past. Someone that's a little hesitant to make changes. Um, and, it, and it ended up not being the best move. What, so I guess let's talk about, really the pivotal point in this match. The questionable uh, clearance that ended up becoming, you know, one of the best long balls I've seen in my life, except, you know, was clearly out, wasn't it? That was one of the best forward balls I've ever seen. And it's just, it's one of those where you look at the top players in the world, maybe, you know, Ronaldo, Messi, like, you put them behind that ball and try to send it forward and it gets there maybe one out of 10 times. I mean, it couldn't have been intentional. Could it? No, no, no way. That's why that's my point is, is the best players in the world. Maybe one out of 10. It was the luckiest thing I've ever seen. And, and then to have it curve. I mean, I'm sure based on where it landed on the side, it landed a foot inside the line. And the fact that it literally traveled down, let's say, it was in the whole time. It traveled within 12 inches of. Oh, no, you, we could like, yes, no, the camera no, but, angle was, there wasn't a camera right directly along the line, but you could see the ball curve well, in the well, air. That's, that's my point is the, the pos the probability of it staying within 12 inches, the entire way down the field within one foot of the line for it to land perfectly is extremely improbable. No. So just based off probability. And then I, I don't know why we can't have, like like those lines that they draw for VAR, why we can't draw exactly where the ball is down the field. Cause they didn't even do that. Like what we're seeing when they show the VAR replays, exactly what the people in the booth are looking at. It's just, you know, obviously they are not hearing what, um, what we're th- saying. So uh, look, I do, I do think it was out, but it, it's tough where the, the problem comes in for me is, is it clear and obvious? And it's, there's no camera down the sideline. So it was really tough for me to say it's clear and obvious. I think we can say that's pretty clear. Like a rudimentary understanding of physics. Yeah. Yeah. Tells you that ball went outside, you know, I, I, I just, I don't, it's tough for me because I don't see how, like you said, the rudimentary things of physics, like there's just no way a ball stays within 12 inches. But and I mean, I'll put, I'll put it this way as well. If that wasn't Man United, if if Fabianski had hit that shot, had hit that pass, there's no way v- VAR oh, doesn't. No, that that's that. a great point. I I completely agree, and I think some of the fouls you could see that too. If it if it had been reversed, if the roles were reversed in some of these fouls and in the VAR, 
that goal was was not a goal. I mean, I think there's about 16 teams in the Premier League that wouldn't have had that goal stand. Yep. Um, yeah. I think Liverpool, it would have stood. Yeah, Liverpool, City, Man United, yeah, and, Man U- and maybe Arsenal. Maybe Arsenal or Tottenham, and yeah. that's about it. Uh, it's so. Yeah, that, yeah, no, that changed the no, game we for didn't, us. No, obviously, I, I still think the reason we didn't win is because we didn't take our chances and we didn't respond when they, when they ruled that goal as a goal. Um, besides that. But well, I, how about I, the handball at the end of the field? I, I think it was their left back. I, I don't I Oh, uh, the name. I think it was McGuire. Mag- oh, was yeah, it McGuire? That would, it would have been like just outside the box. Yeah. We're, and and the, the assistant referee was right in front of that. I, I was floored that they didn't call that. And, and then there were some, there were even some fouls and we saw this in the Villa game too. There were some fouls where you're sitting there like, you know, like for instance, the one on Ben Rama when there were three players around him and, and they all just crushed him at the same time. Yeah. And they like, they just don't review any of that. Now, one thing I think we did get away with was no card on Sujek. I was shocked. There was no card. Yeah, that was, I, I mean, overall outside of, outside of the like couple, like short instances, I thought overall this game was much better referee than the Villa game. Yes, the I Villa agree. game, I that agree. referee that was horrendous. Terrible. Yep. Absolutely horrendous. I think we had we had more than three times the number of fouls called on us that, yep. that they did. Um but yeah, it I honestly I don't the, think it's necessarily a bias ball. against West Ham. I think it's just it's biased way... towards a big club. Exactly. Exactly. I, well, and, I think the I think the Villa game was just they have players that that dive. Oh like I mean, Grealish. Yeah. I would you know, I made a Absolutely. short appearance on the, the Villa Together podcast, and we know we linked it in our um, in our on our Twitter feed, and, and talking to them. And you know, I kind of brought it up. They didn't really take the bait. I, I was trying to be, you know, I wasn't trying to make my, you know, it was it was a Villa podcast. I don't want to make it all about how how the Villa players were diving, but but Relish and Trezeguet were just flopping all over the field. But let me. So I just looked it up and. Let me just is it twenty fouls were called on us and they got seven. They got seven yeah. foul. Uh, sorry, like called on them uh, literally against the team. So well, we didn't we didn't fouls. get like any cards either. Like they weren't like the, none of them right. were like hard fouls or anything. We had like one yellow card maybe. We had one yellow for yeah. unprofessional. Which, it was if you have if you have twenty fouls, you would expect oh you probably have like three or four yellows maybe. Well, and that card but, was not even on the foul. It was the. It was for oh, like unprofessional. It was the yeah. It was Nolan on the sideline, right? Well, one of our, one of no, our that threes. it was it was the yellow card we got there was against Fernals. Oh, okay, okay. But anyways, the 20, 20 to seven is ridiculous. And when if when Grealish got hit on like the ankle oh, and then held his other knee. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I don't know how VAR doesn't look at that and and give a yellow for for diving. Yeah, well, he, that has to be he, one of those. That has to be an instance where you go back and retroactively give them a yellow. Like that's yeah, no, exactly. And, and people are mad. Even, like, it doesn't. That was probably a foul by Fornals, like that one instance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when it's that exaggerated, you're you are. It can be a foul and a dive at the same time. Like you can have both of those happen, and that was that play was probably the best best you know textbook example of a dive well people were were mad at Sala for diving and uh, when uh Masuaku, you know hit him and he got the penalty for it uh Sala got the penalty and that ended up being the difference in the game people are mad and yeah like 
we can argue that all day long, but at the end of the day, that was one solid foul. Whereas Grealish just, all he does is dive. It's just dive, dive, dive. And it's like, how, I, I don't know how the Premier League cannot, or the refs going into the game cannot say, all right, we got to watch out for this player because we know, I mean, he's known as diving. It's not just us saying, like, you know, when you play Villa, Grealish is going to dive. Yeah. Oh, the, the commentators weren't, weren't on that. They were having a, you know, a, a meeting of the Grealish fan club during that game. But, <laughs> yeah. But, over, I mean, we've played, you know, I was disappointed how we finished this game, but I thought there were a lot of good takeaways, a lot of things we can we can improve on and, and be a better team because of. But overall, the last you know, it's been been about a month since we've recorded. We've had some good results. We've we have a you know, in so we won three matches before this all by one goal margins, and I think in in two of those three games we showed incredible backbone, um, much better than we would have had any game last season. You know, one of the big differences of this season, why I think we're so high in the table, is we can get results when we don't play as well. Um, now, today, I think the last 30 minutes we put our heads down, and that was kind of unacceptable. But overall, um, there is a bigger fight to the team than what we had before. Yeah, there definitely is. And one stat I want to end with here is there was 30% possession in their attacking third today. We had 51% in the middle and then 20% in our defensive third. So that's a massive change from a 40% defensive third possession uh, that we saw bef- uh, uh, before the restart last year. So the the fact that we can say we had 30% in their third, that's a, I mean, that's a fair amount um, overall the whole game. And I know that it, most of that was this first half, but if we can just, if we can just play the, not get our heads down when we score. We are going to get scored against the Premier League. Not get your heads down. Keep up the defense and and please keep that chemistry going. If we had kept that chemistry going, oh, I can't imagine what this game would have turned out to be. Yeah, and you know, you know, I'm pretty happy where we're sitting right now. And not only just happy where we're sitting, but we've watched some pretty exciting football this yeah. season. You know, it is. I think that's something that needs not to be overlooked is that it's not only fun that we're winning but it's fun to watch us even you know even today there was i was entertained it was a good game by a lot of that game um so anytime you, you have 19 shots against man united like that's a pretty good day and yeah. it's extremely sad that we only had one goal out of that but they, we had literally we had four more shots than they did they had 15 shots i, I mean i'll t- i will take that every time we play them and I think a lot of like most of theirs, a lot of theirs were outside the box. Yeah, they had yeah Maguire and Pogba. Now Pogba did have that great goal. Yeah, but well, yeah, a lot of Maguire them shot. They had shots. I think, like, really, you know, yeah, really the first half they didn't get anything that wasn't outside the box. So yeah, yeah. Well, you want to talk about our next game? I think I I think we we play Leeds next. We're sitting what seventh, eighth right now on the table. We're sitting seventh, and Leeds seventh. right now. We could is drop in a little 11th. bit depending on. I think there's That's a couple of teams that have games to be played, but mm-hmm. comfortably in the top ten. You know, have a good goal differential, good points so far. Played a tough schedule for the most part. We have a, a stretch of games coming up in Leeds and, and Crystal Palace. Are you disappointed if we don't come away with six points? I, I definitely am. The fact that we just stood up to Manchester United, who who is a good team now, they were a little bit uh, lower in the table before before today. I believe they were in like 12th. 
something like that, but they have quality, quality players. And, and Leeds has, uh, I think they had a pretty decent start to the season, but now, I mean, they've lost what, two out of their last five. Um, they've only had two wins, I should say, in the last five. And uh, then we've got Crystal Palace, who has lost three out of their last five. So both of these teams are there for the taking. Um, I really, really want six points from this. I would be even disappointed with a tie, I think, because we have the way we're playing let's keep it strong and let's get some, some points where we can with uh, when we play some of these teams that are, you know, in the bottom half right now. Uh, what do you think, Chris? Is, is that what you're taking or? These are, these are the games that if we, if we want to realistically challenge for Europe, we have to put away. Um, I would be, I would be disappointed with anything less than a win and a draw out of those games. I really think, I think we should get two wins. We like, Assuming no critical, you know, I like to see I like to see Ben Rama against a team like Leeds. You know, mm-hmm. overall Leeds, I'd say is you know they were a great championship championship side last year, but there's still a lot of I think a lot of their players are still maybe second division type players, and that's you know someone someone skillful like Ben Rama who we obviously saw last year against second division players, he was dominant. I, I want to see him get an, you know, at least a good run, if not start, see what he can do. Um, we should put away that game. Crystal Palace, obviously they haven't been playing great this, this season. They have some good players, but, you know, I think it's pretty comfortable to say we should beat them as well. So I, both of these teams, we could, you know, we could get tripped up and, and lose a game, but we better, we better take or uh, learn the lessons that we should have from this game and, and move forward and push on, if, especially if we want to be, uh, fighting for, for a top seven spot. I, I really think that's the biggest talking point from today is learn your lesson, you know, take this taste of defeat and, uh, and make sure that we've got that fight to say, Hey, we don't want that. Like we, yeah, we're a goal down or yeah, they just scored on us, but we've got to push because that's, what's going to be the difference. And I mean, it was the difference today, but one game arguably, uh, may not be the difference but if we have a run of these games where you know let's say we play Chelsea and we have the same result okay well now the team starts thinking oh, we can't beat top five teams like use this game and and turn it around for the positive um I think we can do it it's just we got to make sure we get these these points and then next time we play you know a top five team that we really put it away yeah and this is your gut you know we've we've won against good teams this year we've lost against okay teams you know i i think you know the, especially just the first the first game against newcastle but really where our you know the how we play these mid-table teams is where is what decides your season yeah. and so we got to come out fighting and you know hopefully uh hopefully we can get six points so any any last any last words before we sign off here no, I think we've got a good chance and uh, feel free to, you know, send us our questions. We love interacting with everyone. Uh, we've got some decent ones um, that we would try to answer more on social media today. Um, and so, yeah, just really, really like interacting. Thank you for, um, for listening. And, and we just, uh, we really enjoyed having uh, that Villa podcast and, you know, that was a bunch of fun. Hopefully, you know, maybe we'll let you do that in the future where, uh, say, you know, we bring on someone from Leeds and I think that'd be kind of an interesting thing. So we've got some uh, exciting plans for the podcast. So we'll see what happens. 
yeah that'd be that'd be fun and yeah if you if you enjoyed please you know give us a retreat retweet we're trying to, to kind of expand our reach and you know i you know I, I love doing this i i know chris and i have a lot of fun talking back and forth and uh glad you could listen in so uh come on you irons yeah come on you irons let's beat leads <laughs>